Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here. And meteorologist Tom Russell here. And a great chance to catch up with Ed and you. So thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, we are kind of talking about what are some of the things we're talking about. And only one thing comes to Ed's mind. Uh, and that is cicadas. We're in love with the cicadas. Uh, we're talking about the 17-year cicada. Uh, but we're, it's upon us, right? Yeah, you know, we're starting to see signs of it outside right now. You know, I, I've, I've been pitching all these cicada stories at work. Because right. there's so many angles you can go with this. And um, I think I'm getting to be known as that weird bug guy at work. Well, first of all, you were already known as weird. So that would get that, <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, now you're the, the, the and, and not just bug, but cicada man. Yeah, I'm, I'm bugging everybody with stories, literally <laughs> speaking. But I, I could see this suit with big giant cicada wings, you know, they they almost look like a cape anyway. I could see you in an outfit like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, you know, like seriously, no, I, you know, I, I just, I remember it in 2004, uh, my parents told me stories about when I was playing with them when I was a little toddler in 1987 so it's always been like kind of a fascination but I'm only weird when this happens okay so it's only once in 17 <laughs> it's only every 17 years do I get you. like this <laughs> can you think back like did something happen why are you fat you no no so I you know honestly what happened um so you know in the years leading up to 2004 when we last saw the emergence my parents kept saying, yeah, I remember you were putting them in your mouth in 87. And like my grandmother was telling me these stories. My aunt and uncle were telling me these stories. I'm like, I don't remember this. And like, no, you wouldn't remember it because you were one and a half. You know, it was May of 1987. It's innate in your personality somehow. Yeah, you know, I think, I think you know, they, they, they told me all these stories. So they built up the excitement to it. And then I decided right. to say, okay, well, let me see what this is all about. So I did a high school project on it in 2004. Oh, I see. So that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that was 17 years ago. Um, but <laughs> here it is happening again. I mean, and, and I think part of the reason there's a big weather element to, to it, right. too, because, right. you know, these guys come out of the soil when it hits 64 degrees. They just somehow know. You know? Yeah, and that's fascinating to me. How do they know? Are they have little thermometers in there? Well, that's a good question, and even some entomologists are a little puzzled how they know, but one of the ideas is that they're able to detect a year gone by by the changes in the chemicals that a tree root releases, because they suck no, on the tree roots for 17 right. years. That's how they grow. So they're wow. able to detect a year gone by through the process of the fluids that they get from the tree well that's how the tree tree rings work right that's mm -hmm. how we yeah time, yeah right? so we determine you know the age of a tree by its tree rings and these insects uh somehow know um that you know and, and it's a prime number too it's not like you know oh, let's just come out in 20 years no let's just right. come out in 15 17. years no no 17 Wow. All right, so uh, for folks who are just catching up with this, where are we in that emergence cycle? Where are we at? So so right now, um, you know, there a, a lot of the way that, that this has been reported makes it seem like there's just going to be cicadas everywhere nonstop all over Maryland, Delaware, PA, no matter where you go, all the way west to Indiana. Right. So it's going to be incredibly patchy. There are going to be neighborhoods in our area. There's going to be good chunks of central PA that see nothing absolutely nothing and then you go to other neighborhoods other parts of central PA and it's another planet 
So, you know, we didn't have a lot of um, people reporting with the emergence in 2004 because, you know, the Internet at the time uh, was still in its infancy. I mean, going back to 2004, I mean, these cicadas have been underground since George W. Bush's first term in office. (laughs) They've been underground since before you've had a Facebook profile. They were underground before the invention of Twitter. They were underground since the last episode of Friends aired. So go all the way back. Um, So, yeah, so there wasn't a whole lot of data points to figure out where this thing blew up Um, because, you know, Email and internet again was still somewhat in its infancy compared to what it is now. Now there's an app. It's called Cicada Safari, where uh, it's out of Mount St. Joseph University. It was developed by a professor there, I believe, named Dr. Gene Kritsky. And he okay. developed this app that helps people that basically they take a picture of the cicada and they send it into the app. And then the people at Mount St. Joseph University, they verify the authenticity of the photo. And if they realize it's a real photo of a cicada um it'll the location will pop up on the app so the photo is geotagged one if you take a picture of the cicada within the app the app will tag your location and it'll put on the map where you where you observe the the 17 year cicada so we're going to have a much better idea on where this breaks out this year because there's going to be a lot more people reporting in i mean that's a whole other story do you mean Mount St. Mary's University or Mount, uh, Mount St. Joseph University? That is out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, it's Cincinnati. I see. Yeah, and Cincinnati, Ohio is another location that's going to get hit hard. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so the first thing we're going to see these things, but more importantly, we're going to hear these things. I mean, yeah. they're super loud. Yeah, they are super loud. So, you know, in the, in the areas that you know see the the densest of the emergence, like the most cicadas, you're going to have 50 cicadas coming out per square foot. Wow! So yeah. this is something like you're going to literally have to sweep off of your sidewalk. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, it. yeah. It's like you know, especially the the shells that they come out of before oh. they spread their wings. Yeah, those those exoskeletons are going to be all over the trees, all over the base of trees. And older homes, you know, we're talking about neighborhoods built in the 50s and 60s. Those types of neighborhoods, if you saw them in 2004, you're going to see them again. Uh, Your newer development, especially where there's been not only new neighborhoods, but new retail, shopping center, stuff like that, maybe next to nothing. Um, Because the ground's been disturbed. The ground's been disturbed. It's very patchy. Um, But what I can tell you is that when they all, there's three, three, actually three different species of these 17-year cicadas that are coming out. And they all have a slightly different call, but oh really? Yeah, when they all call together, um, the, the sound drowns out a motorcycle. It drowns out, you know, a motorcycle like revving the pedal Jeez. right next to you. It drowns out the 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 lawnmower. So, I mean, Jeez. it's incredibly loud. It doesn't stop. The females don't make a noise. It's just it's all the males trying to serenade the female. Wow, so Ed is now invested in uh, noise-canceling headphones. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 so that's, uh, I have lots of stock in noise-canceling headphones, so this is good. Okay, gonna... so I know you've been doing a lot of research. Two questions. One, uh, what eats these things? Is there a varmint? Birds, or... fish, uh, you know, a lot of the native wildlife, um, dogs, cats. I mean, these are like candy bars to dogs. <laughs> You know, that's also another story. Yeah, that's also another story there because um, these dogs, uh, sometimes they eat so much they can get sick. I I do want to actually talk to a veterinarian about it because people are actually calling in, you know, 
concerned about it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the other issue is they will cause damage to smaller trees, like transplants. So if I see those eggs around, should I scrape them off the tree? Well, they're, they're so tiny and the slit is so tiny you wouldn't even notice. Oh, I see that. Yeah, so, you know, if you're unsure whether your property is going to get hit hard, there's a big clue out there right now, and all you have to do is go to your backyard, go right around the base of an old tree, and okay. see if you just find these little perfectly perfect circles. They're just, it's amazing how these little holes that they make, they're perfectly circular. So these cicadas are coming out, and they're investigating their escape hole for when they finally emerge for good, which... As of this podcast, we're, you know, April 29th. I think, you know, my estimate here, I'm going to make a, a prediction. You ready? Bold prediction from Bold, bold prediction. I think uh, May 15th is when it's going to get pretty crazy around here. So these these guys are, you know, they're still, you know, not ready to come out yet. But, you know, I think May 15th we're going to start seeing them. It's going to happen in Maryland first and probably it's already starting to happen in Maryland. Um, yeah, I was going to say they're a little warmer than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, so next question for you. Uh, we've been talking about the emergence. They come out in May. How long do they last? Because you said their life cycle is pretty short. So how long are we going to be hearing this noise and everything? Yeah, so the noise um, quits at night, but it really ramps up in the day. I mean, it's it's like an alarm clock. So, you know. So, I mean, like through June, July? How yeah, long so I'm thinking May 15th all the way through the first week of June. So probably in mid-May, we're going to get five or six nights in a row where we're going to see this heavy emergence of cicadas come out of the ground at night. Right. So five, six nights in a row, because I remember in 2004, Pinchot State Park, like three or four nights in a row, just, you know, heavy emergence. Like if you're standing next to a tree, these things will just crawl up everything. If you're standing still, they'll crawl up you. Because what they're doing is they're, craw- they're crawling into onto a vertical structure, and then they come out of their exoskeleton, which allows the fluid in their bodies to drain into their wings, which stretch them out, and then they become that winged cicada. So they're still in their nymph stage as they're crawling up the trees. But it takes it takes any it takes eight hours for for that for the for the fluid to drain to their wings and and become flyable. So. It's just right. amazing to see, like, witness that. I mean, I, I, it, during the day, if you're a bug enthusiast, during the day it, it, it's really cool to witness, but I think it's even cooler at night when you just see the ground start to move and these things yeah, start. Yeah, kind of creepy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so amazing what nature can do. Well, there he is, your cicada expert, yeah. Russo. We appreciate your hard work, and I'm looking forward to your reports over the next couple of weeks on CBS 21. Uh, keeping us up to date, so thank you for that. Uh, well, you mentioned, you know, temperatures are getting there. We're into uh, the start of May, and uh, you know what we've seen so far this uh, springtime has been some pretty nice weather. Let's be honest, and we haven't had to deal much with severe weather. I think we've only had one or two uh, severe thunderstorm warnings. You you were actually on duty, I think, one of those weekends. Uh, we had that big lightning show that Sunday evening. Was that the night of the Masters, or was that? Uh, yeah, I've- it's, it seems like any severe weather threats always the always the <laughs> times itself right around a big sporting event. That went late though. The the the, the, the so what the Masters would have been over by that point. But true. Yeah that that was that was a that happened like the second weekend in April I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Just non-stop. Right. There was some hail with that, yeah, but it was, just it was non- all about the lightning. Yeah, but no warnings. No warnings were issued with that. But just a 
It's your perfect kind of thunderstorm that doesn't do any damage but provides a really awesome lightning show. It really does. A lot of cloud-to-cloud lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bring this up because, you know, we, the last couple of uh, uh, podcasts we've done, we keep talking about, hey, severe weather season's coming, it's coming. Uh, but it generally is May, June, even early July, so it is time to double-check that you know what to do in severe weather, that the whole family knows uh, where to go, and that uh, you don't waste any time going, oh, it's pretty nasty outside what should i do uh that should be uh you know ingrained in you and everybody in the in the family so uh what are your thoughts on an active pattern it seems like you know april has been i'll look at the numbers here april's been almost three degrees above average and we're behind rainfall wise by about a half an inch so we've been a little shy as far as the april showers go but that trend of warmer than average uh really seems to be the case moving forward don't you think yeah yeah and, and again with you know like uh as of this podcast the thursday rain you know a lot of the clouds and rain like kind of tempered our severe weather threat but you know as long as we have that active pattern in place especially this time of the year when we're still dealing with that seasonal transition severe weather is always something that's got to be on our mind so and i think we'll probably see that in may i mean pennsylvania Mm -hmm. is notorious for seeing uh stronger outbreaks of severe weather especially may into june and I think the the big compliment there is that with the when we say active, it means we have chance for rain, chance for some storms. But uh, more importantly, we're not worried about drought. And we always like to get plenty of rain in April and May, so that when we do get drier in the summer months, we're we're in a good position. So I, I see May, um, you know, keeping up with the rainfall again. We're a little bit behind for April, but not that much. Yeah, you know, it's it. You know, everybody has transplanted stuff, and you know, a lot of transplants require a lot of water. So it's good to crops too so it's good to really get that beneficial rain in the spring before we get into the you know drier days of summer so to speak right well it's also uh i think it's been a little wake-up call for a lot of folks remember we had the couple of cold snaps here in late april where people already planted and you know you and i were on the air saying cover your plants and uh, the general rule of thumb is don't plant until after mother's day so as we record this last part of april i see another pretty chilly scenario right around Mother's Day, that 8th, 9th, 10th of, uh, of May, as we bring in some colder air. Now, the good news about cold air this time of year is it doesn't last more than a day or two, but it's enough to do uh, some damage to your plants if your really tender stuff is still out there. Yeah, all you need is a, is a clear night, calm winds, and if you have even just a marginally cool Canadian air mass sitting overhead, your temperature can drop. Right. So... So, uh, you know, much as we talk about, you know, warmer than average, we still have a chance for a few of those cold nights. So uh, I think the one to keep in the back of your mind is uh, right before uh, Mother's Day weekend, which is sneaking out pretty quick. So don't forget mom. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's important. Uh, the other thing that folks have been complaining about this uh, spring, and they always do, the winds. And, you know, you mentioned that transitional season when we're in spring. Uh, you know, it's always that battle between the cold air and the warm air that sets up these large areas that are very, very windy. So it's, it's certainly not unusual, but we've had our fair share of wind uh, as we as we move through springtime, I think. Yeah, and even in the uh, wake of the system that we're dealing with at the end of this week, there's going to be quite a bit of wind generated with it. Yep. So. Yep. That's just part of the game as we uh, transition to the warmer month. But i got to tell you, we've had, if you look back at April, that... The first two days were really cold, but other than that, the first week was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as we record this, this past week was amazing. We got into the 80s for the, yep. the first time. Not just 80s, but 87. Yeah. Very impressive. So uh, we've we've had a pretty nice spring, 
and uh, moving forward, I think uh, we're going to see some pretty nice weather. But I'm so excited when the, when that weather finally breaks and you don't have to worry about the cold. That's some of my favorite time. Of and year. usually, usually right around mid-May, that's when it happens. You know, you yeah. you can pretty much say with confidence, all right, we're done. Not just with snow, but you know, your your even your cold blast, so to speak. Right. And that's how the cicadas know. I mean, they know. Yeah, that's they know. That's that. That's why they. That's why they like midday. <laughs> awesome. All right. Anything else on your mind? Uh, oh, there always is. Got to save it for the next podcast. Oh, which I'm, I'm sure will be uh, very buggy again. You're such a tease. Such yeah. A tease. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. All right. Thanks, Tom. You're listening to it's raining Mets.